0: And it was just I don't know if you guys have seen that show or not. But um,
1: no, but I did audition for that show. Did you? (laughs) Yeah, I I was horrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. You just weren't what they were looking for at the time.
1: I was horrible, I'm sure. Trust (laughs) me. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Combo Series. I am RJ, a.k.a. Reg Travels. And I am Trevin Riser, a.k.a. The Chosen One.
2: Back again, once again. Once
1: again, back again. <laughs> another week, folks. We made it another week. <laughs> welcome back. We did. We did, guys. Uh, we So, you know, uh, in keeping with our tradition, you guys, of having guests on for the past few weeks. I, what, like this whole year so far or what? Pretty much, except <laughs> the first episode, dude. Um so in keeping with that tradition you guys on YouTube if you're watching YouTube you already see our guest here if you're just listening um I'll let you know that we met a few months back on set you guys remember I told you I uh act as a hobby we were on a um the commercial yeah we were on a commercial together I still haven't seen my footage from that she's seen hers I've seen yours oh, too it's um secret <laughs> I don't know. They probably just never ran mine. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, I thought she was pretty nice. We uh, got along pretty cool on set, uh, and especially with the other people. Um, I asked her to be on Combo Series, dude. So I, uh, we're kind of going to give her an interview interview with an actor or actress, whatever you prefer. But everyone, welcome Rachel B. Davis. <laughs> hey, <dad. laughs> Hey, how you doing today?
0: i'm good thank you for having me
2: of Of course welcome to the show
1: yeah 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 yeah. welcome to the show um you are the first actor we've had on the show
0: okay (laughs) no pressure
1: yeah (laughs) none at all none at all Uh, so basically let's just get into it where are you from where were you born all that stuff give us the background on rachel davis
0: all right i'm from southern california i grew up in victorville um which you know back then was a pretty janky town I mean it's still kind of (laughs) janky but it's it's grown a lot so it's a lot bigger than it used to be when I was growing up but um yeah desert southern California sometimes I say southern California and people think like beaches and LA yeah (laughs) nope that's not it I grew up with like dirt and tumbleweeds and Joshua trees so um,
1: oh wow how far (laughs) how far is what'd you say what was the city name Victorville. Victorville. It's about
0: 90 miles northeast of, um, of L.A.
1: Uh, so you knew the question I was going to ask. You probably get that a, a lot, huh? Uh,
0: Well, if I acted in, in California?
1: Well, no, that too. But uh, just the fact of like how far did you live from L.A.? I, that's probably oh, like a common question. Yeah.
0: No, you know, we were within driving distance of the beach, so we did spend a lot of time down at nice. the beach in the summers and going camping at the beach and stuff like that. But, you know, we always went back home to the desert
1: yeah and now you live in Utah how does how does it feel being like landlocked
0: um it's very strange yeah <laughs> I've I've always lived even when I went to college I was like 30 minutes from the ocean so mm. it's I think that's honestly the hardest I mean obviously aside from being away from family and friends in California mm. I think being landlocked is the hardest.
1: <laughs> I understand like
0: oh go to the reservoir go to the lake and we're like, no, <laughs> not the
1: same, <laughs> not thing. quite the same,
2: <laughs>
0: not at all. No.
2: No, it'd not. be the same for me. Like if I couldn't see mountains out the window, you oh, know, like, yeah. I've been here all my life with uh, surrounded by mountains in almost every direction. So
0: mm. I love the mountains it, here. The mountains where I, up are, um, are, I, I don't know if they're not there. I mean, they're still really high, but I feel like it's more gradual and so we would go into the mountains, but it was very gradual. And I feel like here it's just like, bam, there's a huge oh. mountain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so I've always it's grown well. up around mountains too. I went um, three years ago for the first time over, I, I went to a, a wedding in Kansas and it was so bizarre just seeing land and the horizon just, it, it was so weird.
1: <laughs> you can yeah. see so far. Yeah. I, uh,
2: I grew up with a guy who ended up going to college and I think Iowa it was. And he said it was so flat, like it psychologically ruined him. He couldn't pay yeah. attention in class. The only thing he could do was sit and look out the window and he would draw mountains on the horizon in his head. Really? Yeah, yeah like, like a prison. I can imagine.
0: because so I was only there a few days and it was so I hadn't realized how ingrained it was in me to see yeah. mountains all the
1: time. I love the mountains. Oh, I, don't, I don't come from mountains. So like seeing them everywhere. It, oh, I love it. It's beautiful.
2: They are pretty cool. Like you, you kind of <laughs> forget that living here sometimes
1: yeah you probably take it for granted i do no nah, I, I look out I, I love to look uh especially when i'm driving i have like when i'm on the way here to the studio mm-hmm. i have this favorite part when i'm getting <laughs> off when i'm getting off the highway i like there's my favorite view of my favorite mountain it's crazy uh but we should go I, to the mountain we should okay. go up in the mountains okay <laughs> we'll talk about that later okay <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to you rachel Um, so when did you realize that you wanted to act like, was it at a young age? Was it just something? Did you play pretend and you were like, I could do this for the rest of my life?
0: Uh, well, I mean, I was always playing pretend and I grew up in a family that was very, uh, movie centric. And so there's a, there's a a line in you've got mail. I don't know if you guys have seen that with Tom Hanks and my grind. And she says, everything I see in life reminds me of something I've read in a book. And shouldn't it be the other way around? And I feel like that's how my family was with movies, you know, anytime, even now, whenever we get together, something happens and we just start laughing and say a line from a movie that that we were reminded of. And so I've always um, been enthralled with stories and movies and books, I'm a big reader as well. And um, I don't think I ever really put it into uh, the sense of acting until sixth grade. Um, My church had a, a Christmas play that they would put on every year. And so I was always part of the ensemble because they would just have all all the church kids in the ensemble. And then um, in sixth grade, one of the leads had to move two weeks before the show. Mm -hmm. And so um, a family friend was kind of in charge of it. And they said, hey, give Rachel a chance to do this. And so I got to audition for that and I got the part and I was like, this is amazing. And so um, I think being able, you know, I had always just watched stories and played Mm -hmm. pretend in my head, but I think being able to bring the story to life for other people in front of an audience—that was what really got me. Like, okay, I think, I think I like this acting thing.
1: Right. Okay. Okay. Nice. So you said you uh, you read books and stuff. Sorry, am I stepping on one of your questions? No, no, no. You're good. I had nothing. Okay. I had nothing. You just looked like you you had to. A really good question. Um, so you said you like you liked to read books and everything. Um, and you just like stories when you were younger. Yeah. So, just as a side question, what book would you like to see adapted into a movie? Ooh, yeah. <gasps> right? <laughs> or do you think movie adaptations of books are wasted?
0: Yeah, that's that one's kind of tricky because I feel like the movies are never as good as the books. Mm-hmm. So. I, I don't know which one I'm. If it could be done well, I don't know which one. I'm really into um like sci-fi and fantasy,
1: right?
0: More like fantasy, um you know with like vampires and dragons and like magical gifts and stuff like that, right, um, right. But I, yeah, I don't know if I would actually want to see one <laughs> adapted because I don't think it would be able to do it justice.
1: You're a true reader, then. Yeah, because I know a lot yeah, of readers know. feel that way. Go ahead yeah because
0: you get you get these pictures in your head as well, and you imagine things a certain way, which aren't the way that the director or maybe even just another reader sees it and so mm. then you see it on the screen and you're like oh that's not that's not really what was happening in my head when I read the story.
1: <laughs> you have one, Trevin?
2: You know, I thought I did because I like it seems familiar when you say that, like the idea that I've had this thought before, <laughs> uh not to get like philosophical. <laughs> At but all. I don't remember. <laughs> um, so no, I don't have one.
1: I would—I don't have a book, but I would say like a, a story in Greek mythology. Okay, Icarus and me, Tez and Terence were just talking about this.
2: He's the guy with the wings.
1: Yeah, he fl- flies
2: too close to the sun. Yeah, exactly. Have you seen the documentary called Icarus? I have not. There's a documentary. Well, it's about uh, an athlete taking uh, illegal steroids. <laughs> um, we got Cox. He flew too close to the sun. It's a whole different thing. It's a good documentary. I was just curious.
1: Oh, okay. Uh,
2: off topic, but
1: that no, would be a good movie. I, I feel like I would like to see that into a movie or even a series. Nah, a series wouldn't work because it's it's over after he flies too close to the sun, right? That's
2: it. Dies. It's over. <laughs> I don't remember, actually. I remember the story, but I don't remember the end. <laughs> To be fair, I probably missed that day. <laughs> Horrible. You were
1: a bad student anyway.
2: Yeah. I missed every day.
1: Don't be like me, kids. If you're a kid, don't watch my show, actually. <laughs> yeah, you guys shouldn't be watching this. Um, unless you're into acting and you need some motivation. Oh um, yeah. So, Rachel, was that your motivation once you just got up? Um, and I guess kind of maybe you were in an understudy position or they just kind of promoted you to that uh to the leads role. Um, is that the thing? You said that's what made you realize that you liked it. Did that motivate you? Or was there like a more outside force? Uh, family, friends, they were like, you should go ahead and do this. What was the uh, thing no,
0: that, that was it. And so um, after that in junior high, I got involved in uh, the, the youth group. We kind of had a, like, a, a drama, um, almost like interpretive dance group
2: kind of. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I got involved
0: in that. And then in high school, Um, I took drama I took a couple of classes in college as well so it was just a love that I had
1: yeah Yeah. and I know that we had to uh kind of schedule this interview up as we're recording uh we had to schedule it up a few hours because you got booked today right yeah I'm not gonna ask you what it was or anything because I know (laughs) how that goes yeah we know but Um, congratulations that's cool yes congratulations
0: especially in these times it's it's nice to get booked and have work
1: (laughs) right (laughs) exactly um but yeah so as far as the audition process how does that go Uh, because I know you don't always get you know booked how do you Mm -hmm. handle that rejection uh
0: for me I like information and so being a numbers person I think helps and to know that even like actors who work a lot still only book maybe anywhere between three and seven percent of their auditions Mm -hmm. so that means that you need to be prepared to not book 93 to 97 percent of the time so that definitely definitely helps me a lot um also just staying in class so then it's it's not really you know you can really get into your head about like oh my gosh I'm not good enough I didn't do it right what didn't I what did I miss Mm -hmm. and I think just staying in class and making sure that I'm always training, that I'm always working on myself. So yeah. then even if there was something in this audition that I was like, oh, dang it, I should have done that. Like that's, that's a lesson learned. And so the next time, you know, in class I'll work on that. And then my next audition, I'll hopefully be able to do a better job. But um, I think a lot of it is kind of just understanding that auditioning anyways is like completely different than acting. And I'm sure you you probably saw when you auditioned and then got to set that like
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's completely different. You you have to know how to act, but then you also need to know how to audition. So you could be a great actor and not understand the nuances of auditioning, and you'll never get seen because they're they're so different. And so understanding that was also really helpful um, to work not only on my acting but on my auditioning as well. And so. Um, you know, cause sometimes it's not, it's not always the acting portion that you need to work on. And so being able to say, okay, you know, I've, you know, my, my booking rate is super, super low. So maybe I need to work on the auditioning part, mm-hmm. take some auditioning classes instead of some scene study classes. So that's helped me a lot. And kind of just getting out of my head, you know, like I go in, I do my job, I give them my interpretation of the story. And if they feel that that is the best, then great. And if not, then they will go with someone else.
1: Right. And that's another thing, too. Uh, You could you could have a really great you could have the best audition of your life. But if you're not what the director or whoever is looking for, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, they already got an idea of the
2: character in their head and they need to see somebody that looks like that character, acts like that character. Right. Um, It makes sense. Also, to me, like just in this or in any related industry, like it's so important to, to take rejection to like, learn that. I think it gives you a certain humility. Um, like we were talking about before in like comedy, you have to go bomb on stage several times. You're not mm-hmm. always funny. You have to learn what's not funny. And then this is what is funny. Mm-hmm. This is the joke that I will say next time I go on stage, you know, like just things like that um, as a musician, like failing on stage, mm-hmm. like, but It's a, not everyone is a, like a direct win and you have to take all of those L's as like, not just L's. You know what I mean? Like it's an experience. Make the L's into lessons, man. Yeah. That's everybody. Like a lot of presidents ran for president, like a ton of times before they were ever president. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so it's about the journey. It's all like this. It's all uh, an experience.
1: Yeah. I agree with that. Um and that's a very good that was a really good answer about uh rejection. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> but it's so true. You have to keep uh like you have to stay in those classes and things like that. Which classes have you uh taken lately? Like which ones do you think you you needed most improved that it pushed you to take those classes?
0: Well, this pandemic has actually been kind of good because everything has gone online. And mm-hmm. so I've been able to um, take some classes in, in larger markets. And so I took a, um, an improv class with with Groundlings in L.A., and um, that was really helpful. I do get horrible stage fright. I get really nervous in front of people. Um, I'm very much a homebody, and, um, you, know, you know, like talking to strangers, like, wigs me out. So, uh-huh. so uh, taking the the improv class was really helpful to really just get out of my head and just get more comfortable with, you know, just okay, this is me, this is what I'm gonna say, and well, that was really stupid, but all right, I'm gonna roll with it, you know, <laughs> um, that type of thing. So, I think that was helpful a lot, really helpful even just personally. Um, but then also, I I took a foundations class, and so I feel like I had really been working on scene studying, doing a lot of scene classes and stuff. And um, I just kind of took a step back in the last couple of months and just went back to the basics and took a foundation class. And I think, um, you know, you kind of go and you feel like you're learning and you're growing and you're progressing, but you forget to do all of the really little things sometimes that, you know, that are the foundation that are the basis of all of it. So um, the last couple of months I've taken a step back and, and taken some foundations classes, which I think has been really helpful. So I'm excited to now get back into all of my scene study classes.
1: Nice. Um, with the improv, you, you do you feel like your comedy has gotten better?
0: <laughs> no, not at all. It's definitely um, you know, I, I wish I was funny, I wish I could do comedy, I wish I could write comedy, but um, that's just not at least not yet. That's not my thing
1: really what about your wittiness like or your you know what I mean how quick you are to come back has mm-hmm. that has that improved at all
0: I don't know that it has improved as much as it's just kind of gotten me to um one of their things is like you know just say it don't don't overthink just say it and then like go with it you know so that was the example that they gave like you know you say something and you're like well that was really dumb but Oh well, you know, right. that's, that's what happens, stage. so that's what we're gonna go with.
1: <laughs> right. Okay, okay. So it's just kind of improved your go with itness. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Definitely gotcha. not any comedic skill.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, improv
2: is a totally different type of comedy too, from like like general stand-up. It's a mm-hmm. like I don't know. That's all.
1: Do you think you could act in a comedy, like a comedic movie? Yeah. You think you could be like funny funny do you not no i'm asking you i think i'm fucking hilarious if that's what you're asking (laughs) okay i was just wondering just trying to make sure you had the confidence
2: have you seen anything that i've put on the internet i think i'm funny you (laughs) don't then fine but whatever (laughs) yeah you're pretty funny (laughs) i was just wondering (laughs) thank you i i I did not need that
1: inflate of the ego today but thank you well i take it back you suck (laughs) 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 um so I'm going to go ahead and assume, Rachel, that you've booked plenty of gigs, right? Plenty of projects. And when I say plenty, I mean over 20.
0: I've booked probably about 20. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I didn't really. OK, so I, you know, I, I did acting in junior high and high school, took a couple of classes in college. Mm-hmm. And then after I graduated, I was like you know, this is what I want to do. Um, however, I had my first child while I was in college. And so, um, you know, my husband was really supportive, but going back and forth between Victorville and LA and take, I did take classes there and I was part of a web series there, but, um, but it, you know, just with a one-year-old, it was, it was really hard. Okay. So I just kind of set it aside. And um, so I've only been back in this for about two Two and a half years now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so yeah, in that time I think I've booked probably about um, about twenty with you know commercials and and yeah. small roles and films.
1: And which has been your favorite or a couple of favorites that you can actually talk about right now?
0: That I can talk about. <laughs> um, my, well, my favorite as far as the project or as far as being on set or
1: oof. Let's do one in one onset experience and then favorite project that you've done.
0: Okay. Um,
1: you need a second to think about it?
0: Yeah. You know, they might, because my, my favorite onset experiences were actually not as an actor. Mm. So when I was first starting out, um, I, I didn't really know what to do i hadn't been on big sets and so i worked as a pa for the first year um to make extra money to pay for classes but also just to kind of get the lay of the land and to understand how set works and how set functions and who is who on set and all of that good stuff that i think is really important i would highly Very recommend important. that any actor Very work well. crew because there's so much that goes on that actors have no idea about there's so much work that's put in and just the way that things go together, and just the flow of things, um, I think it's just really helpful as an actor. It Definitely makes you more understanding of, you know, like why did they call me here at one o'clock and it's five o'clock and I'm still sitting here not doing anything, you know? Right. Um, but anyways, so some of my favorite times on set were actually not as an actor; they were as a as a PA. So do you want do you want those? sure that-
1: <laughs> yeah as long as it was your it on. <laughs>
0: okay um so one time i was the pa on high school musical the musical nice. and it was for the first season when they were um when they were recording the song wandering and it was just i don't know if you guys have seen that show or not but um
1: no but i did audition for that show
0: but did you <laughs> yeah
1: I, I was horrible <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably not you just weren't what they were looking for at the time
1: i was horrible i'm sure trust me <laughs>
0: but um, you weren't there yeah, so they were recording the scene wandering and it's a beautiful song and we got to hear them do it with the music they did it acapella and um there was just like a hush over the whole set of everybody just listening to these two girls sing this amazing song and so that was um i felt like you could just feel that everybody was moved and You know, sets are usually like sets need to be quiet, but there's always something going on, you know, but, um, when we were doing that, it was, it was quiet. Everybody was listening and I felt like I had never been, I had never experienced that on set before.
1: Nice. And,
0: um, my other one, I was a PA, um, on, uh, oh dang, what was it called? Nine days.
1: How many? What?
0: I think it's called Nine Days.
1: Nine days. Okay.
0: I don't even remember. A I'm pretty sure it's called Nine Days. Um it was at it was at Sundance last year. Um, oh, nice. But anyways, so I was working as a PA and Benedict Wong is in that. And you guys know who Benedict Wong is, right? He's I'm looking him up. Okay. Well he um I don't know if you are if you guys are into like Marvel movies, but on yes. Doctor Strange he's... Oh
1: Benedict Wong. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah I know who he is.
0: Um, so he was, he was one of the actors on set and I wasn't there the whole time. They just needed me for, I think he was like three, four days. They needed an extra person and I knew the PAs. And so, um, he was like, Hey, come work. And I was like, okay. Nice. And so, um, so I went and Benedict Wong, so Benedict Wong is like big actor makes lots of money. Right. And I'm just this little PA, like just an, an additional PA, not even one of the regular ones. Mm-hmm. And he saw me and he walks up to me and he says hey i haven't seen you here before i'm benny how are you and wow. i was just completely <laughs> blown away that you know like pas are notoriously known as the peons on set which right. i don't think is right pas do a lot of work and i don't think they should be treated the way that they're always treated but um i was just so impressed with him as a person to not only recognize that i that i was new on set but to come up and introduce himself and like treat me as a person
1: nice like that. that's what's up Shouts yeah. shout out Yeah. yeah shout that's out really to cool benny, benny wong yeah <laughs> if you're watching if you're watching and if you are like share and subscribe this on uh youtube we appreciate it on the road to 100 subscribers everyone thanks ben uh appreciate you benedict <laughs> um <laughs> so as far as uh going back to acting uh, you were talking about writing, too, I believe. You mentioned writing. Is that something that you do or want to do? What's the end game?
0: Um, I think the end game really is just to create mm-hmm. and to bring stories to life. Um, I, you know, I wrote when I was younger and it never really went anywhere because I was just doing it for fun. Um, but living here in Utah and wanting to act for one thing, there are not a whole lot of roles for people who look like me here. And, um, and also we, we don't live in a big market. We're not in a big market. And so just with everything going on and, um, the day and age that we live in, I'm like, well, I can, you know, if I, if I write something, I can create something for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I went back to some of the things that I had written, you know, like 10 years ago and kind of revamped them rewrote them with a more mature mindset and um some stuff I'm I'm writing new I have a couple of short films that I've written um a feature that I completed a feature that I'm working on right now um none of them have been produced yet um I haven't even really shown them to anyone kind of trying to get my legs and make sure that it's that when I'm ready to present it to someone that, that it's not just you know right very amateurish (laughs) so i've been working on that trying to educate myself on that but i feel like just as an actor it's important right now um especially as a black actor to be able to write the things and be able to play the parts that i want to play and to tell the stories that
1: that i think are important to tell that is very important and if you ever want to do any indie films we have a production company
2: and sorry real quick i I have to jump in Mm -hmm. um I'm not laughing at you. My coffee has a mind of its own if you're watching on YouTube, so I'm sorry.
1: That's what that noise was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you ever want to make any indie films, uh, you know, low budget whatever, what do you want to do? We are um, producers. We can do that.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> well that's good cuz I I I want to learn to produce and I don't know how to do it. That's I think that's been the struggles that I don't really know what to do with mm-hmm. them. <laughs> you know.
1: I got you. Well, we might call a call a favor on you if uh, you're down to act in a couple of things that we're gonna try to write here too. I was gonna gonna mention. um,
2: She said there aren't a lot of roles around here for people who look like her. I said, "Let's." In my head, I was like, "Let's change that."
1: Yeah. You know, let's uh, (laughs) open the door.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Um. So as far as uh, going back to the acting again, (laughs) because that's pretty much what this is about. Um why do you continue to pursue that? Is it strictly the passion? Is it also motivated by money? Why? What's the reason?
0: Um, I think it's definitely a passion. I stepped away for a really long time and um, realized a couple of years ago that I wasn't really doing anything that I loved anymore. And that I, I I felt like I had kind of stepped away from, which I, I think this is common, especially for moms and wives that we, you know, we try to do what we think we're supposed to do as a wife. We think we were, we do we do what we think we're supposed to do um, as a mother and, you know, make all of the right choices, you know, quote unquote, the right choices. And um, And I realized that I, I wasn't, I was going to say, and I wasn't happy. And I'm very, I'm very hesitant to use that phrase because I think. Um, a lot goes around where people say like, well, you just need to be happy. And I don't yeah. think people just need to be happy. I think a lot of people make very hurtful decisions sometimes trying to be happy without regard to anybody around them. Um, but in my case, I realized that I wasn't happy and that it was affecting my my family. It was affecting my ability to be a good wife. It was affecting my ability to be a good mother. It was affecting my ability to be a good Christian. And I feel like you know, when God gives you something, when God gives you a gift, like you're supposed to use it, you're supposed to do something with it. And I think that was, um, the kind of what was going on with me. And so I was like, you know what, I need to, I need to get back into this. I need to be creative. I need to have this outlet that kind of makes me feel like I'm, I'm doing something, you know, that's not just for me, just so that I feel like I'm, I'm my person too. I'm not just mom. Um, but because it's something that I love, I I, I really do love it. And so um, that's what motivates me, but especially right now um, with the state of the country and just realizing. Um, I don't know if you guys watch Sundance. Were, were you guys.
1: I have not.
0: <laughs> no? Okay. Well, um, this year in Sundance, there was a talk with Kimberly Crenshaw, Brian, Cren- not Brian Crenson, Brian Stevenson, um, Ruha Benjamin, David W. Blight, and Viet ton something i don't remember
1: shout
2: out all. shouts out
0: yeah and uh brian stevenson i i love him if you guys don't know who he is um he's a black man he's a harvard law graduate um, if you saw the movie just mercy or read the book just mercy that's who it's based on and he's right. the head of the innocent project mm-hmm. um he's amazing i love him but anyways so he said something awesome. in that talk last week and he said you know how important the power of narrative is and he said that the north won the civil war but the south won the narrative which is why slavery ended but there was still jim crow and there was still um you know there's still systemic racism and still all of these issues that we're going through as a country because sorry let me take a drink like i said i have laryngitis and i'm talking too much
1: no yeah you you do your thing take a break
0: (laughs) um but he was saying that just the power of narrative. And so, you know, um, 10, 20 years ago, or even longer than that. So let's say like in the fifties and sixties, a woman would call the cops because she was being abused by her husband and they would go and, you know, talk to the husband and like, oh, okay. You know, what's going on? Oh, okay. She's fine. And he wouldn't be arrested. Right. But then movies started coming out and people started a narrative about, how damaging domestic abuse could be. And because of that, now, you know, you have these huge pop stars, these huge, um, sports players who are being held accountable for their domestic abuse because the narrative on that was changed. And so, um, I think right now what you've seen a lot too with, um, like Ava DuVernay and, um, Array and, all of that is that we're trying to change the narrative. And so I think in addition to just my passion for acting and storytelling, I think that's a big drive right now is to be able to be a part of changing the narrative right mm-hmm. now to, to, create, to create equality in this right. industry, and in this country.
1: Right, hell yeah, change the, uh, the narrative. Um, you mentioned Brian Stevenson um, as an actor. It, who are your favorite actors um actresses and who do you model your, yourself after?
0: Okay. Um Brian Stevenson actually is not the actor. He's just he was the Or person. the
1: man. Um, Sorry. I'm thinking that. of the actual movie.
0: <laughs> right So that's interesting because one of my favorite actors is Michael B. Jordan mm-hmm. who played Brian Stevenson right. in Just Mercy. Um I think he's amazing. Everything that I've seen Shut him in like phenomenal Jordan. and um and he even he has his own production company where he tries to elevate black creators as well and he he does a lot um but yeah as an actor i think he's amazing he's been in things where i hate him and in things <laughs> where i love him and like that's how you know that that it's a, that person's a good actor
1: mm-hmm. he the, uh, a person to invoke those types of emotions in the same movie too sometimes yeah range yeah like i think in creed too he got on my nerves but you right? still love the character <laughs> yeah uh, so Michael B. Jordan, is that it?
0: Um, I also really like Julianne Moore. I think she's a great actress. Um, you know, kind of the same thing, you know, in dramas, like you really feel, you really, like it really moves you. And then in comedies, she's hilarious. Right. Nice. Yeah, I really like her as well.
1: Do you, who do you model yourself after? Your? Who do you try to kind of like model yourself after? <laughs> I didn't know how to put that in a different frame um, of
0: like in life or as far as work? Goes? As far as work. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of a tricky thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, one of the things that I'm learning is to not try to model myself after someone mm-hmm. um, because one of the things that... How do I say this? Um, just, you know, I'm... I'm me I, I can't be someone else as good as I can be me mm. so if I try to model myself too much after another actor I, I won't be able to do it as well as them and so I think a lot of it is um, trying to be comfortable with yourself and right. you know especially your flaws because that's I mean honestly that's that's what makes storytelling interesting is the flawed people you know all of the flaws um, so I don't know that there's a specific actor or actress that I try to model myself after um, mm-hmm. I would like to be able to be you know in things so much and so much the character that it moves people you know like Michael B. Jordan like Julianne Moore but right. um, I don't know that there's someone specifically that I would say like I want to be like them
1: that's a really good answer I was uh, wondering how you were going to answer that <laughs> um trevin i would like you to answer who is your who are your favorite actors oh
2: <laughs> i don't know man
1: that's a that's but a thoughtful question I'll, I'll go ahead and answer while you're thinking then yeah go okay. ahead let me so going on that point uh rachel where you were saying people who can invoke emotions will smith okay out yeah. there, just off the top of my head i love will smith um he could be the goat i could see you can see that?
2: Yeah.
1: You know who who is um like starting to catch my attention? What's his name? Isaiah Washington? No, not Isaiah, John David.
0: John David Washington? John
1: David Washington, yeah, cuz I saw that movie Tenant and I was like kind of blown away. Yeah, that's one I need to see. Yeah, Still. I keep telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that movie, Rachel?
2: No,
0: I haven't seen
1: it. Oh, wow. You should watch it <laughs> as soon as that, you can... That's what I keep hearing. Oh, see? It's not just me. No. <laughs> But uh, we appreciate you taking the time uh, to come on and talk with us. We appreciated all of the, the interview questions, the answers. They were really good answers. And hopefully they'll help some people out there who are thinking even about being an actor or some type of creator. Um, is there anything you would like to plug your social medias, anything like that?
0: Um, well, I'm on Instagram. I'm Rachel B. Davis. Um. This is, this is not my, I do want to make a plug. I actually probably should have asked him before to make sure that it was okay.
1: But um, no, we'll cut it out.
0: <laughs> okay, good. Um, so here in Utah, uh, his name is Bryson Alejandro and he and um, Kelsey, Elena, Wendy Dang, I think there are a few others um, started a group for an, an, an act, an, like acting classes for people of color. And it's called Epoca. And I think it's um, just a really great idea because uh, I I believe he has a production company, and um, he's also an actor, but I think that he was hearing you know that people were looking for actors of color and saying that they weren't finding them, and so they were hiring white people. and he's like, well, no, wait, like I know actors of color here who are very good, um, but he wanted to create a space where other where he could help bring up other actors of color as well. And so. Um, I know that right now he's doing acting classes, and it's not just the um, the acting, but also some of the business side of acting, but also kind of how to navigate uh, being on set and those types of things as a person of color. So um, interesting. I yeah, I just hopefully
1: enjoy- that's okay. we We would love to plug that. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, but um, I know that they're on Instagram as well. I think, and it's just epoca. E P O C A.
1: Okay, I have seen that before. Okay, so I know who it is. Um, great then. So follow Rachel on uh, Instagram. Is that the only social media you want to plug?
2: Uh, pretty
0: much. Yeah.
1: Okay, go follow her, guys.
2: Follow me at the chosen one. Uh, you already know. Um, yeah, follow my TikTok at uh what u h h underscore what zero. Um, new content. Um. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do more regular content there, I think, than anywhere else. And other than that, follow our parent company, Vision Media on Instagram. That's at V-I-Z-I-O-N, Media, how you think it's spelled in the number one, and uh, links to everything there. Um, that's my piece.
1: Follow us guys on Convo Series a podcast on Facebook. Convo Series, um, even if you're just listening to this, slide on over to YouTube, drop a like, and subscribe, please. We are on the uh, road to 100 subscribers. We appreciate you guys. We've been getting more and more subscribers uh, on social media. Follow us on Convo Series. Um, I have been RJ, aka Reg Travels, on everything. We want to thank you again, Rachel B. Davis, for joining us um and giving us some good good information um and we'll let you know when your episode comes out until next time people we love the heck out of you and peace (laughs) bye-bye